So we talked about last time, blessed are those who are poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Think about it. God himself is teaching us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. In these little one-liners, the little fortune cookies, <laughs> fortune cookie uh, sermons. How many times have you asked yourself, what is God's will for my life? Well, Jesus says, well, crack open your fortune cookie. It's right there. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Uh, but in a nutshell, in a fortune cookie uh, summary is basically being void of pride, void of pride, the opposite of full, full of self, instead worshiping God over self, seeking God's will versus my will, God's agenda versus my agenda, or humility. Pride becomes before a fall. Have you ever heard of that? That's, that's what do you say, ubiquitous in the vernacular right? It's a very common saying, pride becomes for a fall. Where does that come from? You ever wonder? Hmm. I'll, I looked it up for you. Or at least uh, theologian Google looked it up for me. Where does pride before a fall come? Um, Proverbs 11.2 says something very close. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. So there you go, uh, the opposite of being full of spirit, but uh, poor in spirit, another synonym the Bible gives is humility comes wisdom. Here, here's another one in Proverbs 16, pride, pride goes before destruction, okay, very similar, and a haughty spirit before a fall, that's very close to Pride becomes before a fall. So what does haughty mean? <laughs> You've seen that word before. Uh, I looked it up for you. It means arrogantly superior. Arrogantly superior. So um, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. What does that mean? Well, it's the opposite of prideful. It's the opposite of arrogantly superior. All right? So... Think of the Pharisees in the Bible. They kind of, you know, when the Good Samaritan story, you know, they can't bend down to help someone other than their race, someone different than a certain class that they were in. They were the learned, uppity, upper class people. So that's what being poor in spirit is. That's how you inherit the kingdom, is to not be arrogantly superior. I'm thinking of Mother Teresa right now, right? Famously famous uh, nun. She, uh, she was part of the Order of Calcutta, I believe, right? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, where they took care of babies and orphans and they just took care of people less than themselves and didn't hesitate. Here's another one, Proverbs 29. One's pride will bring him down low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. There it is again. So you could also see it in the Lord's Prayer as we pray. If you want to pray the first beatitude, instead of, help me, have, help me to have a poor spirit. Have, help me to have a poor spirit. What does that mean? 
You pray the Lord's Prayer. This is how you should pray. Father in heaven, how holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Okay? All right. The second beatitude. All right. We talked about last time. Again, this is a very, very deep one. Um, I could have made this one two or three messages, but I encourage you to listen to it on the podcast. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Did it mean just those who are going through loss and bereavement? No, we discovered that mourning means mourning the brokenness of creation, mourning the brokenness of creation, the fall of the whole book of Genesis. So read through the book of Genesis and you'll understand what mourning means. Sin of self, sin of others. We talked about last time King David in Psalm 51 mourned his sin. Mourned, he said, I have been sinful from birth. He's mourning this sin nature within him. He's saying, you don't need a sacrifice. You don't need me just to say, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> Confess my sins. I went to temple. I went to church. And I said, I'm sorry. And just go on my merry way. No. Uh, King David said, sacrifice is not what you want, but a humble and contrite spirit. And then the Apostle Paul said, uh, a contrite, uh, not a contrite heart, but um, what's the word? It's, it's in here somewhere. Okay. If we confess our sins, this is different. This is from the Apostle John. He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So interesting. Uh, we often use the term God is omnipotent, right? We always think that in, you know, thunder, lightning, and, you know, creation of the world context, right? God is omnipotent. But think about this. With, uh, the, with the, uh, King David in Psalm 51, you see here, you read Psalm 51 and also in John, who is doing the purifying? Who is doing the cleansing? It's not me. I am not omnipotent to cleanse my sin. All right? I can't go to temple and ring the bell a hundred times to uh, take away my imperfection. But God is doing that. So if we confess our sins, here John says, he is faithful. He is just and he will forgive our sins. And God will. He will purify us from all unrighteousness. So that's a tidbit thought that I was thinking of, of when I was doing this summary, that we are not omnipotent. We are not omnipotent to justify ourselves, but God does. God is omnipotent. And then we started with baby Jesus all the way looking forward to Easter. God is omnipotent to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, that brings us to, from Easter, all the way back to meek and mild baby Jesus, okay? Meek and mild baby Jesus. So we had a discussion, small group. I didn't give away the whole sermon, but I asked the small group, what do you think meek means? Gratitude kind of rhymes with beatitude. Is that what beatitude means? Uh, it rhymes with it, sounds like it. 
but beatitude actually is about attitude and it means blessing. And meek sounds like weak, but it's actually not weakness at all. Not weakness at all. And this is our outline today. It's likened to a broken wild versus a wild horse. It's like yielding to the ocean and riding a wave. You can't, you can't uh, impose your will on a wave, can you? Right? You have to yield and wait for the wave, and all you can do is ride it. And then meekness also means to become equal. Um, the meaning of meekness is uh, not, not like haughty. Haughty is arrogant superiority, right? So meekness is the opposite of haughty, all right? Meekness is the opposite of arrogant superiority, all right? So I'm going to actually emphasize, we're going to be teaching mostly on point two. Meekness is like a broken horse, not a wild horse. And the others I may, I didn't spend as much time on, but I thought I'd mention them. But that's the outline of today. It's basically, God, not my will, it's my will versus God's will. This is the struggle of meekness. So it's likened to a broken horse. Um, on the plains of America, there are still wild horses today, which is kind of cool, right? We think of horses as what? Domesticated, right? The wild, wild west, westerns, you know, John Wayne on a horse. You know, us riding the pony rides over here in Land Park. We think of horses as, I wouldn't say beasts of burden, but some horses, you know, they've used them to pull a cart, do the heavy lifting. That's what we think of horses, right? But still today, there are hundreds and thousands of wild horses. And... Uh, Kind of cool. I, was, I spent probably way too much time looking at YouTube videos of wild horses. Just strong, you know, race horses. You know, I'm thinking all the things that they could do with horses. You know, just super fast. These huge hundreds of pounds of horses just all full of muscle. And you got this tiny little jockey on the back controlling this horse. And you have the ones that do the uh, steeple chases going over you know, all those crazy things at, at command. And the ones that do the, uh, not roping, but they go around those barrels like super fast, right? It's almost like go-kart racing, right? In a little track, you know, that you're going full speed and then, you know, they just go around the barrel. How do they control these thousand pound horses? It's incredible. Will the horse yield? So think about our relationship with God. This is God, how God wants us to be. And Jesus modeled this perfectly, right? Over and over in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but yours be done. Jesus emptied himself. Oh, God, sent part of himself, his essence to model for us what meekness looks like. He emptied himself to be, Jesus was subject to the will of the Father. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Ooh, there's the payoff of meekness. 
we discussed today, what do you think meekness means? If you look up in the dictionary, I'm sure you'll... Um, two ways you could do this. Look up in the dictionary and popular uses of meekness will sound like weakness, shy, timid. But also in your study, look up biblical uses of meekness. And I would propose it has nothing to do with weakness, shyness, uh, being an introvert or anything like that. So in King David, oh, before we get there, uh, again, what's the payoff of being meek, right? You don't hear this preached very often, right, in churches because, probably because meekness sounds like weakness, you know? Okay, let's, be, let's all be meek today. <laughs> I'm going to talk, I'm going to give a message about meekness. So my voice is going to be nice and quiet, and uh, I'm not going to look into your eyes. (laughs) This is how God wants us to be, all meek and mild. No, the meekness, are are these, is that the people that are going to inherit the earth? At first, I thought it meant, blessed are those who are meek, follow Christ, share in his sufferings, bear our cross, and we will inherit the new earth. That's, you know, an easy interpretation of that. Yes, in our resurrected body, the meek are going to inherit the new earth. But it doesn't say new earth. It just says inherit the earth. That sounds pretty broad, isn't it? It Sounds pretty awesome, (laughs) really. So, you know, the Fortune 500 companies... You know, they're, I don't think they're really looking for meek people. I don't think Elon Musk is really looking for meek people on a job interview. It says here, blessed are those who are meek, for they will inherit the earth. So King David, in contrast to King Saul, was a man after, was a man with a broken and contrite heart that God was able to use, right? And interestingly, God himself in the Bible describes David. (laughs) That'd be kind of cool, huh? Like, how would God describe you and I, you know? What would would the commentary be like uh, God talking to us? Well, here it is. Acts 13.12, the Apostle Paul recalls, after removing Saul as leader, he made David their king. God testified concerning David. This is kind of cool. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. What does that mean? We've heard that before. Sounds very flowery. That's, we, we, that's what I named my Eric, his middle name is David. Because David was a man after God's own heart. I know not perfect, but a man after God's own heart. And then he goes on to explain, he will do everything I want him to do. He's not arrogantly, he's not arrogantly superior. He's not haughty. He's not proud, but he's... Poor in spirit. He 
He mourns his sin in Psalm 51, one of the most extensive personal uh, testimonies of mourning our sin. And he had a meek heart because he will do everything I want him to do. Wow. There it is. So it means mourning, contrition, or godly sorrow. There's the verse I was looking for. Godly sorrow leads to repentance is the biblical reference. Godly sorrow leads to uh, repentance. That goes with blessed are those who are mourned. This is what David did. And the result was the opposite of, oh, if we don't mourn our sin, if we're not meek and mild, it's the opposite. We're unyielding to God. We're proud. We're arrogant. We think we know it all, basically. All right? We're not wise. So what the proverb says, we'll be fools. A wild horse is power unusable to God. Basically, that this is the analogy uh, that we could think of meekness. The opposite of meekness is just being a wild horse, a wild animal. This is what we are when we're not following God. We're just doing our own thing. We think we know it all. We're proud about our own knowledge, our own status, our skills, but we're unable to be used by God. We're unable to be the Good Samaritan. Good Samaritan is a great parable, right? A man was beaten up and robbed and left for dead in Samaria. Samaria was like the half-breeds of the Jews, so they were kind of like not full-blooded. They were half-breeds, so they were looked down upon. They were discriminated against. And then a teacher of the law, Pharisee, religious man, walks by, and ooh, he goes to the opposite side of the road and says, I, I'm, I'm too busy. I have to get somewhere. Right? Unable to help our fellow human being. But the Good Samaritan, a non-learned person, not a person of status, takes the man, binds up his wounds, puts him in on his own donkey, brings him to town, brings him into an inn and gives money to the innkeeper and says, take care of this man and whatever he needs, take care of him. And if you need more, I'll come back and pay you whatever he needs. The Good Samaritan. This is the keeper of the law. So blessings, the blessings come from a humble and contrite heart. Teachable, leadable, like that horse. (laughs) Teachable, leadable. Blessed are those who are meek. Once we understand that all have sinned, See, here's the Apostle Paul sharing his meekness. You think the Apostle Paul was weak? No. He's a bold dude, right? He was bold. The Apostle Paul says, 
in, in uh, Romans 3.23, all have sinned. Once we understand, truly understand this, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are meek. We are companions. We are not holier than thou with other sinners. Jesus started, uh, went to Matthew's house for dinner, right? And what did the Pharisees scoff at? Who is this teacher? This teacher, this uh, man of status like us, who is he eating with sinners and tax collectors? Jesus models his meekness with eating with Matthew and his friends, other sinners. The Apostle Paul uh, shares about sin. He says, I was chief among these sinners. This is in 1 Timothy 1.15. Paul, I am chief among the sinners. So this is what it means to be meek, all right? If he had the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, if he had Chuck Swindoll uh, standing up here preaching, if you had John MacArthur preaching up here, if you had uh, Charles Stanley rose from the dead and <laughs> preaching before you, we would be in awe, right? If you had the Apostle Paul preaching before you, he would say, man, I'm, not, I'm no different than you. I am chief among sinners. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And God gave me grace. He tore the veil across my eyes. I was blinded and now I was blinded and now I see. Everything I accomplished, all my knowledge, all my religious acts, all my zealousness for the church, I count as garbage. He would, he would feel comfortable sitting with us and eating with us, us tax collectors and sinners. <laughs> right? That's what meekness is. Again, wrapping up, we're going to close again on a horse theme. Wild, we are wild animals versus submitting, yielding. And when you see these horses, and there's nothing weak <laughs> about these horses. There's nothing shy about these horses. There's nothing introverted about these horses. So get that, that concept out of your mind. But I'll just read this again, and I'll show you one last video from the movie Black Beauty, a classic uh, novel made into a movie several times about the breaking of a horse, Black Beauty. But again, Acts 13, 22, after removing Saul, he made Kate David king. God testified this about him. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, he will do everything I want him to do. So that's our challenge. Do we want to be a man or woman after God's own heart? Are we ready to do everything God wants us to do? Not my will, but your will. Of meekness, being one with our master. If we could be glorious. So we're going to close with uh, a song I found 
from a mega church in, I don't know, Taiwan or Singapore or something like that. I've seen this guy before. But uh, it's a song I've never heard before, but it talks about being a servant of God, being used by God, being meek. So let's uh, spend some time on that as we close. God, we uh, thank you for your warm embrace, surrounded by your love, that uh, as we as wild people learn to yield to your embrace, knowing that you are not a God to be feared, but learning to trust you, trust your plan for our life, those things that we're holding on to, God, that we are trying to be God, we're trying to be omnipotent, we're trying to be omnipresent, we're trying to be all-knowing, but you are all these things in our lives, God. Help us to yield to you, follow you, follow your path. Help us to be poor in spirit, not proud. Help us to truly mourn and confess our sins, and you are faithful and just to forgive us from all unrighteousness and cleanse us from all guilt and shame. You are powerful enough to do that. God, help us to be meek. You tell us we, the meek shall inherit the earth. It has nothing to do with weakness, God, but power under control, yielding to you, God, to riding your wave, your power, that you, we could be like rider, become one with horse and rider, that, God, you can do amazing things. You, that you, in fact, this is how you are redeeming the world. Where is God? He wants, uh, you want us to be your hands, your feet, your voice, to go where you want to go, to say what you want to say, God, to give hope and healing to a lost world. Thank you, God, for your love and your embrace. And all God's people said, amen.